All right, everyone, welcome to another edition of the EOS Community Fireside Chat. Today is the 24th of August, and I'm excited to be back in the hosting seat. So uh, thank you, Martin, for hosting uh, the show last week while I was, uh, I was away. And um, yeah, so today we've got a nice show for you guys. We'll be talking about a bunch of topics, including... EOS on fire lately. I was away for like 10 days and it seemed like it was the most important 10 days of of the EOS community and the EOS networks in a long time. Um, so we'll be talking a bit about that. Uh, we've got a pop token article that has been published today. We'll be talking a bit about that. Of course, Pomelo trust bonus and the astronaut drop that's a, a, upcoming this week. We've got the EOS at conferences schedule and graphic we've got yield plus action going on the first antelope meeting happened uh this week and of course as every week we've got the community open mic section so if you want to jump on here join us on discord join us in the live chat with your mic uh please do mute yourself if you join the uh, the discord and you're not talking if you don't, I will uh, have to server mute you. Um, but other than that, outside of joining us live on Discord to participate in the chat, you can also watch us live on Twitter, on YouTube, on Facebook, basically anywhere that you get some uh, crypto news on social media, we're out there restreaming the EOS Community Fireside Chat live to all of those platforms. So thank you for joining us, regardless of where you are, on which platform, where you are in the world, if it's the morning, afternoon, evening, uh, yeah, it's lovely to have uh, have you all join us. Um, before we uh, we get started, really just wanted to make a brief mention, uh, give a, a, another thanks to Martin for for hosting for me while I was away. I took uh, took some vacation, ended up with pretty much seven days completely offline, where I wasn't feeling compelled to check social media or chat rooms or had any any work to do, which was, uh, which was a great feeling, a feeling that I haven't had basically, I think since I joined the crypto space back in early 2017, um, definitely recommend everyone to take a vacation from time to time. Sometimes we forget to take a vacation in this space because everything moves so fast and there's always so much to do. Uh, but yeah, a little PSA reminder for people to uh, take a little breather from time to time. I certainly enjoyed uh, my time off, but of course I, I did check the chats a tiny bit and I saw Antelope was released. That was very exciting. I love the branding. I know you guys had a nice discussion on that uh, last week on the fireside. I caught up this week on, on that discussion. Um, and um, yeah, um, we'll be talking about, I'll be talking a bit more about, yeah, the events that I missed that I feel like I missed in the last 10 to 12 days here in the community. Uh, but um, yeah, like Martin mentioned uh, last week, he's now back in Germany from living in uh, China. So I'm very excited. He's I've been working closely with Martin now for like almost four years. And yeah, he's 12. He was 12 hours <laughs> in the future from me. And, you know, these time zone differences, I, I, I'm sure you all are very uh, aware and, and have worked with many different time zones. So anyways, I'm excited that that uh martin's gonna be back in germany so we'll be able to work closely together and then he'll also be hosting the fireside from time to time uh, if i'm not available so on that note you know 
maybe uh, I'd, I'd love to invite you guys to send me some feedback on the fireside chat. Uh, what you like, what you don't like, uh, maybe not necessarily joining us live here, but do it by private message on Discord or Telegram or wherever. Um, maybe Martin did some things last week that you guys enjoyed that you think I should do, or maybe there's things that uh, annoy you. Whatever it is, uh, I'd love to hear some feedback from you guys so we can deliver a, a better EOS fireside show for all of you um, every week. Yeah, please have mercy. It was my last time, my first time last week. And hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Great exactly. to join you guys again. And yeah, thanks hey, for the, for, for, for uh, the intro. Um, happy. Cool. Yeah, for sure. Glad to, glad to have you join these fireside chats, Marty. Um, and, and, and on top of the, all the events, I'm sure, uh, you, you know, you'll be attending in person over the course of the next year. Hopefully we'll get to meet for the, for the first time eventually, maybe at an EOS community conference coming up. Who knows? Um, all right. And, uh, yeah, okay, cool. So let's get started. Um, First article uh, or first news item, little news item, really not, nothing too new, is the POP token article that was published today by the ENF. I'm going to share the link in the stream chat uh, right now. Basically, it just goes over what the POP token uh, promotion is as it stands currently. There's not, no new information in there, really. You know, you earn one every week for showing up uh, to, this, uh, to this show. You, you can claim it in the PopBot channel up there by writing money sign in your EOS account. I invite you to do that right now if you're if you're with us on Discord. And then you can blend for them for uh, a raffle ticket at the end of the month with some EOS and NFT prizes to be won. Um, one thing I do want to put some emphasis on is that we are opening up the pop tokens to other EOS communities that are hosting events uh, in EOS. So if you host an event in EOS or whatever, uh, go to that article, fill out the form that's on there, and uh, you know we'll be happy to uh, give other communities that are hosting EOS events an allocation of POP tokens as well, so you guys can reward uh, your your communities as well. So we hope to hear from uh, from some of you uh, through that form. All right, and actually today. I'll be handing out some bonus pop tokens. So we'll be getting into the next story here in just a bit. But uh, after that, I'll be asking you guys to join the, the live chat on mic here and share with the community why you think the EOS uh, price action has been so positive basically ever since I went on vacation uh, 10 days ago. Uh, so I'll be so if you jump on, on air and you give a unique and plausible answer, I'll I'll award you a bonus pop token, uh, or maybe if you give a very funny answer, I will as well, but I'll be the judge of that. Um, and yeah, maybe we get some, uh, some community thoughts and speculation around what is driving the price action recently. I have a feeling we'll, we'll hear a lot of different answers. Um, so yeah, so like I mentioned, uh, you know, I was kind of on vacation last week on Monday, August 15th. That was my first real vacation day, fully offline. Um, and then on Tuesday, August 16th, seems like the price of EOS started pumping. Obviously, I'm I'm only watching the Satoshi price, which is, I think, what I think is the real metric of uh, success in crypto, not comparing to dollars. Anyone can beat dollars. That's not too hard. But um, Satoshi price obviously has been doing great. Antelope branding was released last week on August 17th, and then you know, price kept pumping, pumping basically all the way to this week where now we've had a, a small pullback, but we're still up 50% in Satoshi from when my vacation started, which to me is pretty awesome. 
and I'm kind of sad I wasn't in the chats with everyone last week for the Antelope brand reveal and then, uh, you know, the nice price action. Um, kind of sad I, I missed that, to be honest. Uh, from, this, from scrolling real quickly, seemed like, you know, it was pretty positive in general. Um, so obviously, everyone's really happy about that. And just for those who are curious, um, we peaked on uh, just on Monday at plus 120% rise in satoshi price from the june 13th low so that's absolutely amazing and of course we love to see it so yeah so at this time um yeah if you think i need to take more vacations please let me know please uh, scream it on social media i will do that for you guys i will take more vacations if it means eos keeps pumping uh yeah so at this point um I'd love to invite you guys to share your thoughts, uh, you know, or, or, or one. So one reason per person on why you think, you know, we've seen some positive price action lately. And I'm going to be noting down all of these, um, all of these answers and kind of giving a recap at the end. And uh, everyone who submits a qualified answer can PM me their EOS account and I'll give them a bonus pop token. So let's hear it. Why do you think EOS has been pumping lately? Daniel also already said that he thinks it's because I take a vacation. I don't think that's plausible. I don't think that qualifies, but I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, so jump on in here, guys, and uh, share your thoughts. Yeah, baby! <laughs> yeah. Trimbot in the chat saying this is not a pump. We're just watching the EOS comeback happen in real time. John Paul's don't call it a comeback. I like it. Um, John Paul also asking that it might be interesting to report numbers on EOS account transactions week to week as well. Yeah, that's actually um, actually a good point, John, and actually something that uh, Denis on our team was actually looking into into uh, providing some more general usage metrics for EOS. They're apparently a bit hard to find. Um, I don't know, Denis, if you want to jump in here, maybe give it a little color on that. Uh, or anyone else wants to jump in, share share why they think we're pumping. I can quickly jump in. So uh, with all the, like, I mean, maybe not the most creative answer, but I think nobody in this group or in the EOS community is effing selling. And with all the new attention, <laughs> with all the new intention that is going on, like, it's just a... You know, we're just getting stronger in numbers, and as long as nobody's selling, the price can only go up. That's my little explanation. No one is selling. Excellent answer. I like it. I like it. Hey, I'll jump in. This is Felix here. Uh, well, one, the charts look awesome. Uh, I know when I first got into crypto, uh, I was in like a crypto traders group, and so like they were pretty big on technical analysis. But one one of the things though too that like a lot of these people who trade. Uh, that they look at is um, one like the rebranding forks, big key events uh, is is things that like a lot of these traders look for and uh, in anticipation for that that's usually you see the price increase right beforehand. So obviously here at the end of September we have the token twenty forty nine uh, event and then with uh, Antelope you know I think that's all going to play a factor and, and it's kind of already starting to play a factor. So yeah, some of my thoughts right there. Absolutely, Felix. Thanks. I, I've got you down as your answer is charts look awesome. 
Chris Burns, jump in here on the audio chat. Trimbot, yeah. I know you can jump in here on the audio chat as well. Let's go. Yeah, I'm just yeah. uh the wicks looking at the charts. The wicks are too big. Too big. So it's got to be uh, some whales coming into it. All right, Chris. Yeah, wicks, Trimbot here. Wicks are too back. Wicks are too big. Whales are back. Excellent reason. I got called out here, so I gotta jump on the mic. Um, I agree with Chris 100%. There was a wick when it went from like 150 to 185 or something. Like, I don't think retail is doing that on Binance. Um, the funny thing is about this whole situation is that um, it seems like Eve's had this tweet thread. It went viral. It got picked up by like Asian crypto media, which then transcended to North American or English crypto media, which led to this whole sort of tidal wave of action. But the funny thing is, this was all information that was already public. It was already known to the EOS community for the most part. So it's really funny how what's really just happening is attention is being, like the spotlight is happening under EOS, but it's not like these are new announcements. It's things that have happened over the last six months or three months or whatever that may be that are going to come into the forefront of crypto over time. And if EOS can continue to leverage this spotlight successfully, which I think it's done so far, then I anticipate the spotlight will follow EOS for the following few months. So people will be paying attention to what's going on with EVM, what's going on with IBC. So it's not just going to be about what are these announcements that are coming on soon. It's going to be what, what do we have in store over the next year, two years, three years, and things along those lines. That's why I truly believe this is a comeback. It's a narrative reversal and not just a pump. Awesome. Awesome answer. I've got you down as EOS attracting the spotlight that highlights past progress. Um, and yeah, I didn't mean to claim uh, pump as a short-term thing, uh, so don't want. Um, sorry if that's what you thought there, Trimbot. But I agree. I don't think this is a, a short-term trend. I've got a thought I could share. Awesome answer. I've got you down as EOS attracting the spotlight that high announcements. It's things that have happened. The action. The way when it went from like. What's going on here? Time machine. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? I'm from YouTube. I am totally lost. There's some other Trimbot being a bot is finally apparent. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty panicking. Like, what's going on? Where's this audio coming from? Trimbot is an actual bot. Trimbot's an actual bot. Yeah, totally. I wanted to yeah. share real quick. Yeah, go for it, Andrew. So in, in my personal opinion, uh, the biggest reason for the pump is a is that the story is coming together. Like EOS has a really good story, but most people don't understand what's so interesting about it. And I think people are starting to wake up to it. Just like Trimbot said, the narrative is changing and it's... It's not as if it's it basically people are just learning about it but like bitcoin has a great story and i feel like eos is also in there i i agree the story of eos is pretty epic and like john paul says here in the chat that story is not out there yet no people don't really know uh like zach was mentioning i think last week or before last week um some people don't even know we booted out block one. Some people don't even know that EOS is not block one. So there's definitely a lot of education to be done. And, you know, the ENF has lined up a bunch of uh, conferences uh, for the next 
many, many months. And so I'm sure that this story will get out there and it will be picked up. And when people do start looking into it, I think it is very captivating and interesting and easy to, to root for the new EOS, you know, um, once you understand everything that that's gone down and, and um, yeah, kind of, you know, represents the, the blockchain Web3 ethos of kicking out corporate interests that aren't aligned with your community anymore and having the power to do so. Absolutely great. Hey, I have another reason. Can I jump in? Yes, sir. Who's this? Yes. So my name is Nicholas. This is the first time I come here and I'm one of the builderbees at, uh, uh, at USBs or I work uh, with Jesse. And so another reason that hasn't been mentioned is that uh, for months the EOS price has been like uh, heavily shorted. I don't know if I don't know if you know, but because of its reputation, uh, the market heavily shorted EOS. And the thing is that with that new environment that everyone has been talking about, like the new spotlight, the new narrative, uh, each news, each new social engagement on Twitter on Twitter. Uh, trigger like a, a small short squeeze because it's massively shorted and I can see that on the on metrics like it's public data uh, and we can see that the more the price is going up recently recently I saw that the more and more it, the market is shorted uh, like I saw for the first time uh, since the metric exists I think on Binance the shorts are, are now uh, much, num much numerous than the longs so it kind of seems like a bad news, but in reality, it's a good news because it means that when the price is going to back up again, uh, a massive short squeeze is going to happen. And this is why we see those candles uh, going really, really up really fastly because the shorts are getting liquidated and this creates a buying pressure on the price. And so this creates more social engagement. So this is a great this is a great circle uh, in an environment where people starting to understand understand what EOS is. And this is the reason, like you said, price is going up while the majority of people don't know what EOS is now. This is why this is big, in part why, because of the massive short liquidation that you can see on, on public data. Uh, and again, I look right now, for example, on Monday, uh, there has been more than 7 million shorts liquidating EOS. So yeah, that's, that's my answer. Awesome. Awesome answer. And thanks for joining us, uh, Nicholas, on the fireside. Hope to see you here again in the future weeks. Um, it's funny. It's funny you say actually that the shorts have increased their positions on Binance because I was talking to someone actually who mentioned that there was a big uh, uh, that on Bitfinex, the shorts data on Bitfinex was kind of reset last week where a lot there was a lot of short positions open and they were closed. Um, so I don't know if that's changed since that time, uh, but either way, interesting, interesting metrics here that we can, uh, information that we can gather from, uh, from exchange data. So yeah, definitely, uh, got you down as a short interests getting liquidated as the reason for the pump, which I like a lot. Hey, Seskim here from challenge deck. Yeah. Something that I saw a few days ago, I think Bloomberg was reporting it that, uh, they were saying that EOS was having a price increase because there was a court that rejected like a $30 million settlement for EOS holders. And since the 
core rejected it that somehow that was good news for eos uh yeah absolutely uh i can i can talk a bit more about why that's good news or i can speculate as to why that's good news um so that settlement was a settlement that so so the reason the judge refused the settlement i think from what i understand um is that the settlement did not represent all plaintiffs so you know you had to have signed up to the settlement um and you know it was kind of limiting and then if that settlement is approved then other plaintiffs couldn't claim their their settlement or, or something like that right and then um so basically it was like this is not a satisfactory end to this saga according to the judge from what i understand so so he denied the settlement not because the plaintiffs weren't right weren't uh, deserving of a settlement because they wasn't representing all plaintiffs actually so you know i'm definitely not an expert in law or anything or anything like that but i i think that's why um that news can be seen as positive for price action on eos maybe it increases the chances that the ENF's lawsuit is going to be successful and then uh you know eos could find more funding that way maybe that's what the price pump represents definitely a plausible answer and so i've got your answer down as a rejected block one settlement very nice thanks for joining motion here in the chat sharing that article from Bloomberg that was referenced we've got people asking for permission to speak in the chat it means we've got a lot of server mutes out there uh, dogman let's get you on server muted here you go welcome to the show dogman. sounds great thank you very much Stefan thank you and I'm um, sorry for the not being muted before but it's been great listening and one thing I wanted to add about um, maybe why the price went up, uh, but kind of goes along with a lot of people are saying, but I think it's just really impressive the way that the whole ES community is cooperating and working together. Like, especially it's been just about a year since the ENF formed and the ENF has been putting out a lot of awesome work, both like technically in upgrading EOS and bringing value to EOS. And then also just in marketing it too. Like there's a really steady stream of like impressive hirings and impressive like GitHub growth and, uh, and like people just creating new things and then it seems like it's more lively than ever like there's more community events going on than ever now and a bunch of videos coming out and great articles coming out and so forth so um one saying thank you to enf for putting that together i think that that building over time is starting to you know when people see it, it it's very impressive i think everything that goes is building and then uh secondly just also what the whole community is doing too like nicholas from the bees they're doing amazing work promoting it and that looks way better and that helps spread the word a lot. And then so many other people are building awesome things too. I see Dario with your support. People are just doing great work that people are building over time. And uh, I think it just becomes more and more impressive over time. So when people see it and when they notice EOS, then they'll be more excited to learn more and so forth. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, totally agree. Thanks for thanks for uh, jumping on here, Dogman. I've got your uh, your answer as ENF building over time. Very nice. 
Yes, uh, uh, and then also the community too, like the whole community as a whole as well. But yeah, thanks. Sure, sure, and the community definitely a lot of community engagement lately. We got sixty people in here today. Uh, the numbers for the fireside chat, you know, are kind of steady and growing a bit, which is great. Um, the EOS community server actually reached five thousand members recently. Uh, which is great to see. And we'll be actually, I'm going to drop a bit of alpha here. We'll be rolling out a promotion, uh, you know, the road to 10K. So we'll be uh, we'll be doing a little competition with some, uh, with some invite links for the community to invite their friends uh, to join this server and handing out some prizes. So you can, uh, you can stay tuned for more information about that in, uh, in a week or two. Um, Loving the memes, the antelope memes. So I missed, you know, I missed last week. So I wasn't there to see all the great memes that came out last week. Um, I see Andrew here shared one in the uh, the chat. Uh, a miracle from Ian. <laughs> this young antelope is walking. Um, good stuff. If you want to share more antelope memes uh, in the voice chat for me, since I missed them last week, I would appreciate that and encourage you guys to do that. So go ahead and... Uh, Spam, spam those memes in the voice chat if you want. All right, so who's who, who wants to claim the uh, the rebrand as the reason for the for for the for the price action? Just jump on here and claim that, and uh, you'll get your pop token. Because I'm only allowing one answer per person, and text answers don't count. If no one else wants it, I'll take it. <laughs> All right, um, Daniel takes it. Okay, good I'll stuff, Daniel. Uh, okay. Oh, Shans. Yes, of course. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just new here. I just was reading through Pop Token, it's the same as Pop. And the thing is that to make an EOS account, I find it's like much more difficult than uh, the MetaMask uh, for some reason. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is more difficult. Uh, however, there are some solutions out there that make it pretty easy. Uh, getwombat.io might be the easiest one. And then we've also got the Anchor Wallet that allows for easy account creation on um, on a variety of platforms. Here, let me show you. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing US X uh, uh, to have a look at that. Yeah, here, I'll show you the link for Anchor wallet in the uh, stream chat here um that's probably the most reliable robust wallet that uh, exists out there and then there's also getwombat.io which i've used and is pretty solid as well and so those getwombat.io allows you to make a free account i think anchor does as well um but i'm not uh not too sure actually maybe aaron do you want to jump in here and, and clarify that for me actually yeah. i can Oh, go ahead, Aaron. I was just going to say Anchor is paid only. Uh, $1.99 for an account, yeah. Okay, but it is easy. You can pay with your Google Store type of yep. information. It's an in-app purchase. Um, if you're using the desktop version, you'd go to create.anchor.link. Uh, that's the domain that you can purchase on the web from. Um, but the mobile versions are definitely the easiest. And you'll get an owner key certificate that you can use to import it on other devices. There you go. So if $2 is not too much of a entry barrier for you, I would definitely recommend that that option. 
Uh, but if not, you can go to uh, wombat.app actually is the correct link. Thank you, Denis, for sharing that. Um, and that'll get you a free, uh, free EOS account. And then you can go in the pop token channel and claim your pop token. So if you can get that done in the next hour and a half, and you definitely can, um, then you can join, uh, join the pop token, uh, giveaways and, uh, yeah, thanks a lot for, for, for joining us. We love hearing about new members joining. One thing I think worth mentioning on Wombat, you, you create a free account, but your, your account stays within the Wombat wallet unless you pay to get your public, your key out, I believe. So you have yes. an option to export your key from Wombat by paying something like $2, I think, too. Whereas with Anchor, you're in control of your keys from the start and you pay at the start. Yeah, one's pay up front and the other is pay when you want to export. So it's kind of your personal preference. And I guess maybe some background on why you pay is important. Um, it's because it, there is a cost on the network to actually create an account. Um, a lot of other networks, like you mentioned MetaMask, this is kind of baked into the transaction fee. And since EOS doesn't have transaction fees, there was no mechanism to prevent like, you know, millions and millions of accounts being created without those fees. And so there is just a fee for account creation that one time in the beginning. It is a barrier and it is a problem like we've been looking at for years as a community trying to solve. Um, but it's the way it is right now and hopefully we'll have some ease, some improvements to ease that in the future. Makes sense. Yeah. Real quick, I, I dropped a couple um, guides uh, for each of the th three platforms that Anchor supports. So there's an account creation guide for iOS, Anchor, uh, Android, and desktop. Uh, and they walk you through the entire process. Yeah, And yes, you'll need to do the $1.99, but otherwise uh, the entire process is handled, including creating the owner key certificate, which makes for infinitely easier uh, recovery. It's the slickest system I've seen yet. So I'm slightly partial, but... Um, but yeah, uh, if you have any questions about Anchor, if you have any questions about creating uh, an account using Anchor, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out or uh, check out our support panel, our support portal that I posted in the uh, chat. Thanks. Great. Thank you for that, Tony. Uh, Aiden mentions in the chat here that uh, he can't buy EOS through Anchor, but he was able to buy some EOS from Wombat. Um, so that may be changing soon. Oh, there you go. Love to see it. Competition. Uh, how soon? And how maybe? Uh, I don't know how to qualify either of those things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, like we're definitely exploring the options right now for onboarding of tokens. Um, we'd also love to be able to bundle account creation with the token purchase. Um, like we are really looking at ways to improve that experience, um, both in Anchor and probably first in Unicove. Um, we really want that to be the place, essentially, for new people. It's not yet, but hopefully it uh, will evolve into that over the coming months and years. Great. Looking forward to it. Uh, I have a question. Um, in in the sure. fireside, you can ask any anything regarding to, regarding EOS ecosystem. Yes. Uh, I'm more interested in the DAO space. Uh, and does EOS have its own 
mechanism of creating DAOs? Um, yes, there is a project. Um, the name escapes me right now. I'm sure someone else can jump in here. Uh, that Hydra? is... Yes. What was that? Hydra? Hydra. Yes. Haifa? Haifa. 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 Right. Haifa. Sorry. Haifa. Sorry. Haifa. Yeah. Are you familiar with them? Uh, yes. I just read a bit about it. Uh, I just want to go deeper into it. There you uh, go. So I'll share the Twitter link. Oh, there you go. Denis beat me to it. Share the, uh, the webpage. I guess I'll share the Twitter link. And then Daniel Keyes got in there and shared their Pomelo grant link. So I don't know if you're familiar with Pomelo, the Pomelo crowdfunding platform. We just kind of, we're just wrapping up our third season here. And, and um, HaifaDAO, Pomelo is like Gitcoin, is similar to Gitcoin. And HaifaDAO, you know, had a grant on there. Um, so I guess that would be a place to start. Um, it was also uh, Eden. Eden on EOS is a, a DAO in the EOS community. It's not a DAO builder. If you're looking for a tool to build your own DAO, it's a bit more work. You'd have to like fork it. So it's not plug and play, but certainly it's a, a unique take on a DAO and a very unique consensus mechanism to select leaders and representatives and allocate funding from within a DAO compared to the traditional token weighted type of DAO economics. Absolutely. Um, I, I think there will be a update on this uh, within the next, I don't know, little bit just trying to finalize everything there there will be a nice uh solution to share with everyone it's always soon and it, i know i know yeah things. i know it's soon and it, we're finalizing it, it, things. hey it's yeah well, i know you guys have a lot of things going on so i'm not surprised yeah like it's it's it, it, it'll 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 happen very quickly once, once it happens it's it's uh existing infrastructure that really just needs to uh, be optimized, add new features, and be deployed on EOS. There you go. So hopefully, uh, Shans, that gives you a bit of information to dig into and some things to look forward to. Wasn't wasn't uh, there also, also? Oh yeah, Darkman, you go. Okay, yeah, thanks, Martin. I was just going to add in um, the Eden Fractal there too. So the Eden Fractal is building tools that essentially enable the fractally process to operate on EOS and that enables DAOs to cooperate. It's a different kind of DAO tooling that's uh, super helpful. And you can learn more about that at um, both fractally.com and edenfractal.com. And yeah, it's a really exciting kind of DAO tool software that we're building as well. The unique thing about EOS, which is also the case for any Antelope-based chain, is any account in the entire system is essentially a DAO because of the permission structure and to be able to really easily create permission structures. Every DAO on like Ethereum, for example, it's all kind of built around uh, like a Gnosis multi-sig. And like everything else is just uh, functionality on top of that multi-sig. And there's a lot of different flavors of that. But at, at its core, a, a, a most DAOs is just logic around the multi-sig. And in, in, in that sense, any account could become a DAO. If I wanted to form a, a, a DAO to manage a treasury, essentially I could pick any four of you on the call, add you to my multi-sig, and out of the five of us set a consensus of, well, anytime we want to transfer money, we need three out of five signatures. Like you can call it a multi-sig, but you could also call it a DAO. 
So that's that's one of the very interesting components of EOS that I don't think anyone really talks about too much is that you really don't even need an external software to create a DAO in the most simple form. And you could even consider that the Antelope software itself a software to create DAOs. You know, EOS and all of the chains, Wax, Telos, they're they're all DAOs essentially. Elected token holders. Not elect. not even essentially. It it is a, EOS it is, is a DAO. Yeah. The EOS network yeah. is a decentralized operating system governed by a DAO. No doubt about it. Like there's I, unless I guess it's a yeah. I'm just going to state that it is a DAO. Like there's no question about it. That every EOS specifically. I guess I don't know the um, the consortiumness of some of the other chains, but um, yeah, it, it's very much a DAO. A lot of DAOs have custodians or guardians, for example. That's the terminology that's typically used in a DAO. A custodian or a guardian in DAO terms is someone on the multisig. That's all it means. Well, the people on the multisig for EOS are whoever happens to be in the top twenty-one at any given point. It, it that election's happening on an ongoing basis every half second. Um, so whoever the top 21 is, they are the, the multi-signatories of the EOS DAO. So EOS very, very much is a DAO. It's something I was talking about like when we first launched ENF, and I haven't really dug too deep into it um, recently, but the conversation just came up because we're working on our, uh, our go-to-market strategy for the, the, the conferences we're about to kind of head into and the materials. And someone asked, like, should we, should we refer to EOS as a DAO? I was like, hell yes, you should refer to it as a DAO. EOS is one of the largest DAOs in the world, actually, if you, if you go by uh, user base and, and accounts and, and the value that's on the chain, if you include the EOS token itself, it, it's one of the largest DAOs to exist. How many members do you have in that EOS DAO? Do you hold EOS tokens? You're, you're in the DAO. Anyone who holding a token, any, almost everyone on this call, if you're holding an EOS token, you're a part of the DAO. Uh, you think about how the, the election system works is you have a billion tokens. All those tokens are decentralized. Any, everyone owns a different amount of those tokens. Those tokens are put to work in, in the network, uh, the, the delegated proof of stake consensus mechanism. They elect who are going to be the guardians of their DAO. Who, who, as an EOS token holder, who do you trust to uh, basically govern over your DAO? Uh, manage the treasury, manage uh, the, the rule changes for the consensus upgrades, for example. Uh, so th there's that level of election. And then then you have the tw top 21 block producers. They basically, like I said, they govern uh, feature changes, code updates. They, they govern uh, how money spent. Currently, um, the consensus has been that the block producers have empowered the, the ENF with a source of funding. They've funded us uh, three times since launch uh, through token transfers from the EOSIO.saving account, which is the, the DAO has a savings account and it's EOSIO.saving. Inflation accumulates into that saving account. And when the ENF uh, re requires more funding, ENF has to go to the block producers, show them all of the work that's being done, which is happening in real time. We're communicating it every day um, and, and saying like, we, we, if you're happy with the the work we've been doing, could could you transfer us more EOS essentially? And then whoever happens to be in the top 21 of, of, of the DAO at any given time, if 15 of them sign off on that, the tokens are transferred to the ENF. And the ENF does not operate as a DAO, but it kind of acts as a central uh, uh, um, party, like a steward of the network who 
does external facing things like running the like the conferences we're about to roll into. We have twelve conferences planned over the next three months. Um, funding all of the working groups, uh, Pomelo, Eden, like we're being empowered with that right now because we're playing from behind. We're moving quick, but over time. Like the goal is to empower more DAOs uh, and, and more decentralized uh, communities to kind of thrive within the EOS DAO. And the, the strategy with bringing on this infrastructure that I uh, kind of teased earlier is a big part of that. Because technically, like, like Daniel was getting into, if you spin up an EOS, or, uh, sorry, Antelope chain, you could run it as a DAO. So, um, uh, I'm I think it's CryptoFed is a DAO and CryptoFed, the DAO, it, it, it's just an EOSIO chain. They're just making their, it's a consortium DAO. Excuse me? I think it's worth, I think it's worth mentioning, Zach, that um, you know, all that functionality you mentioned with the block producers and funding and all of this are not even part of the base Antelope protocol. And I think it's worth mentioning that because uh, while that point that you could think of the Antelope framework as a, as a framework to build DAOs, EOS being one of them, um, that comes with a lot of extra burden of also, you know, having block producers, creating blocks, a, a peer-to-peer network. And uh, DAO may not be interested in any of that. They may want to just be hosted on top of an existing blockchain like EOS. But the, um, all that functionality of the, the token, EPOS, uh, the reward, block pay reward mechanisms or whatever other reward mechanisms you want to do uh, based on token delegation or, or otherwise, all that's built into system contracts. And there's nothing really special about those system contracts. Um, they might be privileged to do things like change the block producers, but this whole idea of uh, a multi-sig that has authority over some pool of tokens, all of that's implemented in a smart contract code that could be forked and deployed on EOS as a separate DAO building on top of the EOS DAO. And it's just a matter of, so all those, those like, um, base mechanisms of this exist in the Antelope protocol, the contracts that show you how you can do this exist in EOS system contracts. It's just a matter of, I guess, making this more convenient and um, easily adaptable for, for DAOs. I want to give you a round of applause, everyone, for Arig, the director of engineering at DNF. <laughs> um, yeah. Like you said, they're leveraging, like, if you don't want to run block producers, leveraging EOS yeah, mainnet. Nice. But um, so that that's that's the end goal with the um, the infrastructure we're, we're bringing to EOS is it, it shouldn't be difficult to spin up a DAO. Like even early on um, in EOS, whenever we had like the EOS DAC, for example, they always had this vision for an EOS DAC factory where it would be like point and click DAO creation. Because at the time you had to run infrastructure, even if you wanted to run the DAC software, you had to have someone that could run infrastructure and deploy smart contracts. So there, there's just this barrier of entry. So one of the goals we're working towards, and this will be, be live on mainnet in, in Q1, is um, a, a DAO enabler. So having the infrastructure in place so that any anyone could spin up a DAO, you could create um, your own different uh, governance mechanisms in it uh, from a, a list of choices. You can create your own tokens without deploying contracts. Uh, you can manage your treasury, visual dashboards. And it, it's, it's probably pretty obvious uh, what, what I'm talking about, like specifically of the product. But the product that exists today will be enhanced even further through additional features uh, be, being funded uh, through an ENF grant. And the goal is to deploy it on, on mainnet in Q1. So 
but with the additional features. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that because right now it's still very uh, clunky and difficult to spin up a DAO, which is why I kind of pointed out the permission structures is you don't really need all of that extra stuff, but that, that extra stuff makes a DAO easy. Having the visual components, making it easy to initiate a multi-sig or sign a multi-sig, uh, visualizing uh, capital flows in, capital flows out if there's a treasury involved. So we're, we're, we're aware that there was a gap and, and we're working uh, with what I think is the best possible solution to fill that gap. And if we're looking in the longer term, I, I really not, some of these people on the call are probably participating in the regular fractally uh, calls and things like that. So the fractally team, they're a very capable engineering team. I, I don't know how interoperable what they're building will be with EOS, but I would imagine that if, if what they're building is useful and successful that we will also be able to pull that in at some point uh in the future also but in the short term uh i all i could say is q1 and as for an information around what that actually is um we'll get the comms out as soon as um the the um the details of the final working contract are finalized because we want we want to um, get the most value for the es token holders and get uh Squeeze out all the extra features we can because um, I think they're very useful. Awesome. Dropping a bit of alpha on the Fireside chat. We love it. All right. So um, I guess we can move on to some other topics. Um, I had the calendar on my, uh, the EOS at conferences calendar graphic on my list of topics. Zach, is that has that been published yet? Uh, I have a half written. No, I've been on. I've literally been on call. Like I have not had a moment today that I haven't been on a call. So no, I have not tweeted it out. But yes, that'll be out today. And it's not new news because I've dropped the list of the conference schedule on this fireside chat at least two times now, reading out every city and date. But it's just it's something that it's a nice visual. It's nice and shareable, and it'll kind of be the roadshow of the new EOS, which more and more people are starting to pay attention to lately, it seems. All right. I'm tempted to share the graphic because I have it. Uh, yeah, let, let's... But I wouldn't no. want someone else to tweet it first. Ah, uh, yeah. Let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me get a topic I'm not talking on. It shouldn't take me too much. Like, it's yeah, really okay, simple. Cool. I just... Okay, cool. Hopefully you can get that out before the far side uh, ends here. So you, gotta, you got an hour if we don't bother you too much. Did did we mention that tomorrow is the one year anniversary of the ENF? I did not mention that, but uh, yeah, that's great. One year anniversary. Yeah, like it went by fast. I don't know what you guys what you feel about that. I mean, if we, I just think sentiment's completely different. It's a completely uh, one eighty from where we were a year ago. A year ago. We were pretty much. I felt like we were pretty dead. I would say it was. It was like what led up to the ENF, like reaching consensus with the network and how that all went down. It, it was like some of the darkest days, and now I feel like over the last couple of weeks, especially with the Antelope launch and things like that, Yield Plus uh, launching on Sunday, I feel like it's it's a new day. It's a new EOS. Not your, not your. Uh, Audio, audio, I wanted to say it's not your grandma's EOS, but my grandma never used EOS. It wasn't around, so <laughs> that, that analogy doesn't work. But yeah, so I, we, we did a tweet like a, a couple weeks ago, and a lot of people started saying it was the anniversary. So 
Eve announced the plans for EOS Foundation on August 5th. So that was like the last thing people were celebrating because we put, I think we put out a Twitter thread for that. So that was the date that it first became public that we're going to try to do this. Like, we're going to try to go to the block producers. We're going to try to reach consensus and try to make this thing happen. Because if we can't make it happen, then things are dead. The, the way things were headed. So uh, August 25th, which is tomorrow, at least where I'm at in the world, uh, that was the date that the multi-sig was executed by uh, the EOS block producers. And with that multi-sig, it transferred uh, legacy RAM and name fees to the EOSIO.grants account, which uh, is owned by the uh, BPs with the owner key, but the active key is the ENF. Um, so that happened exactly one year ago tomorrow. But then the first capital wasn't actually deployed until like September 20th, I think. So we went a month without actually deploying capital because we had a lot of... Uh, as soon as that, that thing passed, we didn't even know if the ENF was going to like get consensus and pass. So once it happened, everything moved really, really fast. But we have, um, we have some comms planned for tomorrow to kind of uh, do a look back on the last year and a, and a look forward at where we're at now. And like that's part of this conference schedule is a big part of that. Because a year ago, like I said, EOS was dead. And it didn't just start a year ago. It was a slow, painful process. But EOS did not have a, a presence in the in, in the, the wider like Web3 space. You couldn't go any to any event in Asia, North America, Europe. EOS would be nowhere to be found. Ever since the EOS ICO ended, uh, th there was no presence. Um, we, did a, we did some community conferences ourselves, like as the EOS community, but EOS itself never had a presence at the, at the largest events in the world. And now, only one year into the the community kind of coming together to agree on, on like this thing we call the ENF to exist and kind of kind of be the stewards for the network. We have twelve plans, and some of them have forty thousand people in attendance. Uh, we have developer workshops planned at some of them. Um, some of them are um, large uh, tech conferences, even outside of Web three. And this is just something that it didn't exist. Like that, that's this is the new EOS because none of this happened before. Even during the EOS ICO, like they did conferences, but it, it wasn't to this level. Like by, by ideally with this framework that we're putting in place for, for Europe with the Zeissan team, Zeissan's convenient because they're a coalition of basic they're a coalition of OG block producers and they're widely distributed across Europe. So it's just very convenient that they're kind of the first. Um, go-to-market uh, team that we're going to leverage. And then we're also doing things independently in Asia. EVE will be at um, UDC, uh, up at developer conference in Korea, and then we'll be going straight to Singapore. And that's kind of being organized by us, aside from Zeissan. But what we're trying to do is put this framework in place, uh, this, this Q4 coming up, well, Q3 and Q4. But once that framework's in place, we have a framework in place. We have the messaging nailed down. We have all the marketing materials printed. We have we have uh, art, artwork and concepts for the booths themselves. Um, once we have that framework, it, it's kind of like go time next year. Next year, we, we could tackle all, all of the, the rest of the world because we don't have any North America plan, for example, for uh, the rest of 2022. But I'm just super excited that it's all part of the, uh, the new EOS. Absolutely exciting. Um, 
I agree. I agree with your definition of when the ENF started. I think when the when the MSIG was executed, mm -hmm. in my in my opinion, that's when the ENF was born. Yeah. Um, so I agree with that. And uh, on on the note of, it took until September twentieth to deploy capital. Uh, you know, I think deploying capital in a, under a month after that MSIG is signed is is still very fast and impressive uh, because obviously you can't just spray the capital anywhere and everywhere that's not very efficient well we're we're absorbing the costs leading up to that too like you've probably spent tens of thousands of dollars on legal and and different things put in place prior to ever even receiving the first amount of funding but yeah i agree I, september like is not really a celebration eden was the first thing to be funded sounds similar to how we started eos nation where we spent a bunch of our time and capital before the network even launched to get our name out there, to have a chance of, you know, earning uh, block rewards and being a top 21 block producer. Um, anyways, just felt like highlighting that similarity. Um, okay, cool. Awesome. So I'll hold off on uh, sharing that, that graphic, uh, but you guys uh, hopefully will see it. Uh, but I'll put out a lame tweet. We'll see it cause... soon enough. Um, okay. Um, Next up, we've got, uh, is Chris Barnes still on the line with us? Yes, he is. Do you want to talk to us a bit about the GameFi hackathon that's going on right now? Yes, sir. Absolutely. So right. GameFi hackathon is coming along. It's going to happen. So uh, basically, it will be two streams, uh, just to give a brief update. So two streams, there is an idea-a-thon, which will be a codeless hackathon for every single community member who simply has an idea. Like it can really be that simple. So this will be the lowest barrier to entry hackathon that you'll ever have an opportunity to participate in. And and so the EOS community, those on this call are getting like ample heads up with the thinking of ideas. What could you build? What could you, what do you want to see built? You know about the technology, you know what it can do. What can we build on it? And so this is a great opportunity for people to come together and you can have a team, maybe some technical characteristics of how it actually might work. There will be seminars throughout the, the eight-week actual hackathon event to give some, some training on just a design workshop, thinking like, how do, you, how do you come up with good ideas? What does that look like? Some do's and don'ts. A bit about the technical uh, capacity of EOSIO technology, or sorry, antelope technology. And, uh, and so what you should consider with your idea, because certainly part of the judging Ideas are easy and it does need, ideally it will be implementable. So that will be part of it, even though you don't need code. So, so that's coming anyway, that's the idea thon, but we partnered up with the trust EVM team to have also a game focused hackathon. So that, that sort of a carry on from their current hackathon they've got on Dora hacks platform. So the prizes, there's going to be $75,000 worth of prizes for the ideation hackathon piece and $50,000 in prizes for the trust EVM game piece. The ideation hackathon will have five categories with the top prize for each being $5,000. And the EVM hackathon will have three first place prizes also for $5,000 each. The start of the event will be looking like mid-September. So probably the 12th or 19th of September is when we will kick this off. And from there, it will be an eight-week event. Uh, so yeah, we're actively working through the details. There's a team of us uh, working on this. Uh, big shout out to Chevs from the EOSBs. He's, he's going to be he's a big part of that. Sorry. Um, and uh, yeah, so we'll keep everybody updated as we go. And uh, hopefully weekly we'll have some updates and you guys are getting the uh, sort of the, the heads up here as to what's coming. So 
keep get those brains cranking out some awesome ideas. What's the killer DAP that we need to get built on EOS? Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. Uh, Andrew is asking, is the Ideathon also focused on games? The Ideathon will have five categories, so it will be more broad. So you'll actually have an opportunity to the DeFi, Gov3. We haven't finalized those five categories yet, but it won't be just games. So you'll have an opportunity to think of uh, really, we want to keep it as sort of broad as we can. Like this is really an opportunity just to bring and pull out all the great ideas from the community. Um, and then, of course, just everybody else. Like the other great thing about this is this isn't exclusionary. It's on DevPost. DevPost is a, a large platform for hackathons. They've got a lot of reach. So we're going to, the other great benefit of this is just to draw more eyeballs into our ecosystem to show them what we can do, what the tech's all about, why Antelope is awesome. Um, maybe that's the reason for the price pump. Come to think of it, maybe people are hearing about this event and they're flocking in. Maybe that's it. <laughs> there you go. Okay, great, good stuff. Thanks for the thanks for the update, Chris. All right, um, moving on to some uh, quick Pomelo updates. So, as most of you surely know, season three uh, donations wrapped up uh, last week or the week before, and right now the uh, the Pomelo team is analyzing the data and doing um, some cyber defense work. Um, and however, what I want to mention is that uh, part of that cyber defense work is also done by the users. So you guys, everyone part of the YAS community that's joined Pomelo as a brand creator, as a donator, you guys have been sending in reports of suspicious activity. Love it. We appreciate that. Please keep those rolling in. You can private message us on social media or there's actually a report function directly built into the Pomelo platform, so that's great. The other way you can help uh, against cyber attacks is by boosting your trust bonus. So if you, uh, you, know, you create your Pomelo account and you can attach a variety of social media accounts, you can even scan your passport in a way that anonymizes the data on your passport, but proves that you have a unique passport that's been scanned into uh, the Pomelo platform, you can boost your trust bonus by up to 50%. So what that means is that uh, your $1 donation is actually gonna be counted as a $1.50 donation. So people who boost their trust bonus are gonna have a bigger impact in the Pomelo platform in terms of where that matching amount is allocated. So that's very important and it's a way that everyone uh, who's uh, you know a real unique person that's contributing to the EOS ecosystem through Pomelo? That's another way to contribute is by boosting your trust bonus and um, you know helping us prevent cyber attacks from impacting the prize pool too much. Of course, it's impossible to to stop 100% of it, but I'm confident that the Pomelo team uh, is going to stop most of it. Um, we've got some great people working on that, and uh, yeah, so. Um, I want to remind you guys to do your part, go to your profile on pomelo.io and boost your trust bonus. Um, the other Pomelo related event that's coming up uh, in just a few days on Saturday is our astronaut drop. So uh, Marty, if you're around, did you want to talk a bit about these Pomelo astronaut NFTs that we're dropping uh, this weekend? Oh, my pleasure. Can you guys hear me? Am yes. I coming in loud and clear? Yeah, awesome. <clears throat> yeah, so the Pomelo astronauts, 
they have they are basically for the season three NFT series for Pomelo. They're the final stage, the grand prize, if you will. Um, and they're uh, one hundred and uh, one thousand unique uh, PFP avatars NFTs. Um, there are um, astronauts, as the name suggests, and they're pretty diverse. We got humans, we got aliens, we got mutants, we got bots, we got uh, all kinds of different um, characters and origins in these um, in these astronauts. Um, one thing that that they have in common with the EOS community, they're they're pretty battle tested, so they're like space veterans. Some of them have some arrows in their in their helmets already from from previous battles, some fud wars, and some space uh, space storms. Um, and some um, have other traits. So um, some, for example, have a big beard. Uh, I don't know where that comes from. Um, so one thousand unique characters. Each of them is. Uh, the individual and uh, the way you get them is a by either holding one of the ultra rare moons and uh, then you get that airdropped on the uh, 27th on certain utc as steph just uh, suggested uh, or you can uh, play the whole nft blending game from season three uh, and end up with your moons or the rare moons and then you can blend either the set of uh, rare moons to one pomelo astronaut token or six different common moons to get one Pomelo astronaut tokens. And the Pomelo astronaut tokens basically is redeemable for one of your unique characters. Um, so far, the, the astronauts, um, have, there's a couple of, of them are already in the market. They go for about like 45 years at the moment. Let's see how the market develops like when they're more in circulation. Uh, one thing you can do with them is you can already set them as your avatar uh, on Pomelo. So you have your unique avatar set on Pomelo uh, in your profile, similar like the moons. The moons you can use as a banner. Uh, you can set all the, the Pomelo NFTs as uh, uh, as a cosmetic feature on, on your Pomelo profile. Um, yeah, super excited for this one. I've been working on the designs with the design team uh, and made sure that they're, they're kind of funny, they're cute, um, and uh, yeah, pretty unique, I would say. And uh, yeah, I hope um, this gives a nice overview and I'm super excited to see what everybody, which ones are the most favorites one, which ones are the uh, first ones to be unpacked. Uh, there are some that are pretty rare, some, some are more common and uh, we'll see how, they're, how, they're, how the whole series unfolds. Yeah, absolutely. Great, uh, great overview, uh, Marty. Um, the, these are uh, pre-minted. They are all pre-minted, uh, so it doesn't matter when you get your uh, when you redeem your astronaut token for your for your actual astronaut. You all, you'll always have a chance at those little mints, regardless of when you redeem. So it's not too late to get in there. Um, to to get an ultra rare moon and hold it uh, by Saturday, you need to uh, blend five full rockets of the same color to get that ultra rare moon. So you can also go to the. Uh, uh, Pomelo Season 3 NFT Explainer article that Daniel Keyes shared in the voice chat if you want to learn more about these Pomelo Season 3 NFTs. All right, we got Old Timer's Offer here sharing what I assume is his uh, Pomelo astronaut with the pirate eye patch and the crown. Uh, looking good. Looking good, John. Um, okay, cool. So um, moving on to uh, another story, uh, let's go with Yield Plus. Do we still have Denny in the house? I know uh, Yield Plus registration went live while I was on vacation. 
Uh, but maybe you can give an update on how that's going and the next steps coming up. Yeah, I'll, uh, thank you, Steph. Um, so Yield Plus is open, has been open for 10 days, I believe. Um, and we have uh, protocols signing up. Um, the registration can be either done via the portal, so tokenyield.io, or um, there's also instructions if you want to join via command line, if, if someone wants to be adventurous and, and sign up via that. So there's two methods to sign up as a protocol. Um, there, and I'm also preparing for the uh, beta launch of the rewards happening uh, the 28th. So that's in four days where it is still scheduled to have uh, rewards being allocated. Um, it will be smaller than the official launch. Uh, this is mostly uh, sort of, again, a beta launch to implement the reward mechanism, get protocols um, to, to know how to receive rewards. That way they can kind of implement either smart contract implementations on redistribution. Um, we expect protocols to take about two, like two to three weeks or so to implement the uh, sort of reward redistribution within their protocols, because uh, it does take some development work to, to do that. And um, yeah, so far we've got 11 protocols that have signed up. Um, if anybody wants to go see, you can share the link, tokenyield.io. Yeah, I think it's already shared. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. Um, and there's $22 million worth of TVL that has been registered. Um, it is growing as the price of EOS grows. So that's uh, beneficial. And, and also one of the requirements uh, to join is to also participate in EOS Recover. So eosrecover.com. Um, projects will be required to sign up to that as well. Oh, yeah. Cool, yeah. So I'm just checking out the site here um, for the first time since it's launched. Very cool on the homepage there. You see that, uh, you know, 11 protocols and TVL, 22 million. Um, if you click on the DeFi DApps tab, it shows us a list of nine protocols. Uh, is there... Is this the list of the 11 that are registered or, or there's more, more, more at the bottom, more, more, uh, I've seen 11, but I don't know why you see nine. Oh, I see. Yeah. The more was hidden for me, but yeah, uh, a little, another window. Yeah. there we go. So I do see the 11. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll increase that to maybe 20 or 50. I don't know. But, um, yeah. yeah and then cool. there's also a requirement. So one of the things is, um, to be eligible for rewards, there is a minimum TVL requirement, and that is 200,000 EOS worth of value. It could be a com combination of Tether and EOS, but the sum value must exceed 200,000 EOS. So right now, I think there's a call out for Vigor to go above that, that threshold. I think they're missing about 7,000 EOS to go above the minimum. So anybody who is involved with Vigor, I would recommend... Uh, Throwing, throwing them a bone to go above that minimum threshold. Not an endorsement for Vigor. I'm just saying that they're on the cusp of that minimum requirement. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And um, this last seven days graph that we see, uh, yep. is that the TVL graph? That is the TVL graph. So that is the TVL okay. graph in dollars. Uh, we can also display a, an okay. EOS value, but it is the dollar-denominated seven-day graph TVL of those protocols, and I think I think um, I I think I'd prefer to see the EOS graph because so the issue the issue is that if EOS goes up, everything 
in yield plus goes down because uh, there's no, and it actually it hurts my soul because <laughs> then right, everything you're right we want graphs going up into the right not up. down into the right yeah so what actually happened uh in the in the recent pump is actually um the price of eos went up but relative to the eos denomination and everything actually went down because there's less eos value uh, so it made the charts really bad, and it, it just looked bad to have everything red. Um, <laughs> we switched it to the dollar denomination. Nice, nice. It always uh, looks better. It's yeah, great. No, true, 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 true. Definitely agree with that. And I think um, there's a toggle. I think you can, in the overview, there's a toggle. You can go switch the USD to EOS. Um, we could probably implement that on the... I think, I think it is implemented in, in most of the charts. So there, there will be a way to toggle back and forth between EOS and USD. Oh, yeah, I do see it. If you click on that chart, yeah, then you go to that project-specific page, then, yeah, you can, uh, then you can yeah, you toggle, can toggle it. Yeah. Can you, yeah, looking good. Looking, yeah, the site's looking good. Clean, simple, gives you that information that you're looking for very quickly. Um, yeah, good job to everyone uh, building the site and, uh, yeah. Good luck with the beta launch on, on Sunday. Thank you very much. And looking forward to, there is, um, you know, all, all the DeFi protocols, uh, there is there is a lot of projects that are currently building their DeFi protocols. Uh, so you can, you can register at any time. You do not need to meet the minimum threshold to sign up. Um, what, will, what will happen is that once you sign up, uh, your TVL will show on the website and then that way, it's an indicator of you know where, how much TVL is missing uh, on your protocol. So anybody can sign up at any time, and uh, I advise every protocol that is on EOS currently to to sign up and, and, and aim to get to that minimum. You know, you've got Bywire that shared. Uh... Yeah. So the I was late, I was late on oh, my yeah. sound effects, but uh, yeah, nice nice round of applause for everything Yield Plus so far. I'll add something too. So I was going to save it for Friday, but you people are the ones showing up to the firesides. You always get everything early. And so there's the, the funding. So because of the way EOSIO.grants, uh, the permission structure works is every time um, funding comes out of there, it requires a 72 hour uh, time delay, essentially. So we push the multi-sig to uh, provide the initial funding to yield plus their, their multi-sig uh, in like, Denny explained it is a phased approach. So in the first phase, it is uh, a, a lower uh, yield subsidy and also a lower uh, amount of uh, capital being transferred. So the initial uh, phase, it's 25,000 EOS. It'll be executed on Friday. Um, it shouldn't really affect anyone except for uh, Yield Plus smart contract. It'll go The Yield Plus smart contract will go live and start distributing rewards at a 1% subsidy rate on Sunday. And just some of the reasoning behind this, um, we'll recommunicate it uh, on Friday. But um, just kind of be, uh, so everything's been tested, audited, running on uh, test nets. So it's good to go, but it's always a good best practice to kind of roll out slowly if possible, especially when dealing with uh, a lot of capital. Because in the uh, Yield Plus blue paper, the, the amount uh, being asked was much more significant. I, I, I always forget if it's 600K or 625K, but 
one that many EOS. So that it's a significant amount, and that's uh, per quarter. So rather than going all in initially, we will go through this testing phase. The other reason, and, and the phase won't be too extensive. We want to get to the um, full rollout as soon as possible. Um, what we're looking for uh, before um, going into a full rollout is um, we need the DeFi protocols themselves to help us out. Because what Yield Plus is, is Yield Plus is a... a I could say B to C or B to B, like business to business, but it's really like protocol to protocol. Uh, same thing as a B to B in traditional world, though, is we're um, providing this yield subsidy uh, from from the Yield Plus smart contract to the DeFi protocols in reward for um, their TVL with the two hard assets of EOS and USDT. But what those DeFi protocols do with that yield subsidy is up to them. So as, we're, as we've been um, talking more and more about Yield Plus, the media has been covering it. We've been seeing a lot of questions and they're good questions. And it's, it's from token holders themselves, people like everyone on this call, is how do I benefit from Yield Plus? And the answer is the DeFi protocols need to tell you because the DeFi protocols are the ones getting um, incentivized and rewarded from this program. So what I'm looking from, uh, to get from them, and this has already been communicated to them, is I want them to uh, ramp up their marketing and messaging and comms to the DeFi, their own DeFi communities and tell the token holders using your uh, protocols, how do you plan to benefit your end users from this yield subsidy? Um, and, and there's multiple means of them doing so. They could redistribute the EOS, they could do token buybacks, they could add it to liquidity pools, they could, or they could just maybe fund their own development, and that's what they're doing. Um, but they really need to communicate that to the end users, because I, I can't tell you how many questions I've gotten about that is, okay, like I'm staking my EOS now, I want to benefit from Yield Plus, how do I, how do, I do it? Well, as an end user, you only benefit if the protocol um, does decides what your, uh, the change in incentive structure is uh, to the users of their DeFi protocols. So during this phase rollout, one, it's being done from a safety standpoint of let, let's, let's test everything on the mainnet, even, even though we're pretty confident it's, it's good, very confident. Um, but also give them the chance to, one, communicate to the, their, their user bases of how their user base is going to benefit. Then that helps me answer questions because I'm getting a lot of questions from token holders and I don't have the answers. Once um, the DeFi protocols communicate how they're going to distribute this yield, then um, there's the other component, which is a more technical component is, okay, let's say I want to do an automated buyback and burn or maybe automated uh, add it to liquidity pools, which liquidity pools. So there's a lot of logic involved in this because all of what ha what's going to happen on chain initially is the yield plus rewards contract is just going to send EOS tokens to some designated contract for a DeFi protocol. That DeFi protocol needs to automate what happens to that EOS once it's received. Uh, so the logic for any of those mechanisms I mentioned, even a, a redistribution to uh, their own token holders, for example, would require a smart contract to be deployed with some kind of logic in it. So by doing this phased rollout, it is basically a carrot being dangled uh, for the DeFi protocols themselves of, hey, like this thing's live. Do you, do you want to just hang out here at this 1% yield subsidy or do you want us to... Do you want us to bump it up to 5%? Because I think all of the token holders want 5%. I think the DeFi protocols want 5%.
So it, it's really um, holding them accountable to uh, hold up their end, which is the business to consumer aspect. And that's what's to be expected over this phased rollout. So you'll, ideally, we'll start seeing messages rolling out starting this Sunday or maybe sooner and definitely later of the DeFi protocols themselves communicating to you all. Uh, if you stake your EOS or USDT into their protocols, how do you benefit? So that, that's going to be a, um, some continuous uh, drip marketing. And then from there, once enough of them make this public, then we can consolidate all of these different ideas into a single post uh, and kind of start pitching that to uh, some external media so that they start talking about Yield Plus more. And at that point, we should be ready for um, a go, no-go vote uh, with the Yield Plus group and the ENF to decide if all of the um, criteria that we expected from the DeFi protocols, uh, if, if, it's, if those deliverables have met, been met, are we happy with the communications we've seen from them? How close are they to deploying their, their uh, distribution contracts or whatever contracts they need? And then also um, setting a, deciding on a target date. So even if we vote go, so if we vote no go, that means no one did their job, that's bad. But what I would like to do is vote go, and, and this will happen, uh, the date's not set, but mid-September, let's say. Uh, then at that point, we will set uh, a, another date, and that date will be when the 5% token rewards uh, are, are basically activated and turned on live. And, and we could be very strategic with that timing. I'm, I'm looking at the consensus upgrade, for example. Uh, we could do it right before that, right after that. Um, we got the EVM launching in October. So really just um, figuring out where to kind of where, where on the calendar to flip the switch on. And at that point, um, I, I think we'll be getting really good media coverage on it. We, we have been over the last week um, with like the recent market conditions, all of the um, like media has been trying to identify like, why is this happening with EOS? And they're, they, they've been pointing to the consensus upgrade. Uh, they've been pointing to um, the Yield Plus. They've been pointing to Antelope rebrand. Um, but these things are, we've been talking about these things for months. There's, there's nothing new, but we're in a unique position right now in the markets where everyone's paying attention to EOS. So we're going to take advantage of that. We have momentum right now and we have, we have a plan to um, continue that momentum. And, and we've been working on so many things. We've, we've been around for one year and, and it was just two of us for the first couple of months. And in that one year, we've built up so many things and they're all kind of coming to a head at the same time. Like with the rebrand, the hard fork, the yield plus, the EVM, uh, the go-to-market strategy with the conferences. It's all kind of coming to a head at the same time. And Chris Barnes, the hackathons too. Um, we have all of these things coming to a head. We'll have a Palmelo season four coming up around October while all of this is going on. And we basically have enough things happening in EOS that we're going to just be able to keep uh this momentum going as long as we, we possibly can because before no one was paying attention to eos now that people are paying attention to eos we we, we gotta uh, kind of roll out our, our bag of tricks um because we've, we've just been building out so so much work and there, there's work that the the um the uh, for, what do I say? The end results of it ha haven't even been seen yet. Like, like we got the IBC protocol, which was announced yesterday. That just got uh, signed off by all four of the coalition chains, and then the the, the go live date on that's super aggressive because the the IBC code has been developed already. Uh, Origin already built it. They they just um, essentially we're getting it's almost like a retroactive and support contract. 
uh, and then it was kind of tied in with the faster finality. But we're going to have IBC. Like we people have been th- like, especially in our own community, people have been talking about IBC for years, and like it, it's here, like October, like we have it. The code exists, and all of these things are coming to a head. And it's just like every week, like I'm trying to map out the 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 content and, and marketing calendar with, with Patty, and it's just like. What what do what what news do we want to release this week? Because there there's there's like a backlog of good things happening within the EOS ecosystem that we need to kind of hold back on sharing things because there's too much to share, and that's that's a really great position to be in, and that's the position I want to stay in. Absolutely, Patty Fisher coming in with the fire emoji in the chat. Love to see it. Um. Yeah, what were we even talking about before this? <laughs> this I don't know. I feel like I go in a couple of rants. Sorry, guys. I got the tweet I, out there. I, sh- I shared the tweet. If everyone wants to uh, retweet the conference calendar. Yeah, um, yeah there we go. Got got the tweet out. That's great. Shared in the in the voice chat. Let's get some retweets going for that. For sure. Who was trying to jump in here? I was I was trying to add uh, for Yield Plus. So Yield Plus is actually an open DeFi protocol. So the entire logic of Yield Plus is entirely smart contract driven. All its data it's transparent, so it's all actually held in the smart contract for Yield Plus. So anybody that actually, uh, if they want, um, they can build different uh, UIs for it. You can pull the data directly from the smart contract. Um, everything is driven by itself by on-chain transparent data. Um, that way, um, the TVL can be audited. It can be reviewed by third parties. Um, so yeah, that's what I wanted to mention, is that Yield Plus is itself a DeFi protocol. So we've got DeFi on DeFi. DAOs of DAOs on EOS. Like, um, you know, the top 21 is a DAO controlling the EOS network. But us as EOS Nation within that top 21, we're a DAO within EOS Nation. And there's a multi-sig that we need to sign before EOS Nation can sign a multi-sig for the network. So DAOs on DAOs, DeFi's on DeFi's, exciting stuff uh, coming up on EOS. That's great. We're gonna get a round of applause going for that. All right, let's see what else we had uh, on the agenda here today. I think uh, I think we've gone through most of it. Um, there was the first Antelope Coalition meeting uh, this week, first officially branded, although the EOSIO Plus Coalition has been going on for a while. Um, this week, it is now officially the Antelope Coalition. So I don't know, maybe Eve, uh, Eve hasn't uh, jumped in yet on, the, on this call. Um, Maybe you want to talk a bit about, uh, yeah, what this represents, uh, how you feel about it. I know there was the IBC and Faster Finality contract that was signed. Maybe you can share a bit about what that means and what that represents as well. Um, all right. What did we talk about last week? Uh, it feels like it's been forever ago now. Uh, what I do remember, actually, that there was something significant. I'm just trying to remember in what context it was. Essentially, it was the first meeting uh, that we were having since the branding release. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, somebody, uh, maybe Zach, you can confirm the, the meeting uh, video is already out, correct? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and so we were able to, for the first time, speak openly about the brand, which was really nice because we've been holding off on, on, on that for a while. And it was the first time that as a coalition officially branded, we were, we were coming on. And uh, for those who like to watch hours and hours worth of videos, I invite you to watch this one because it really showcases that uh, even right after we're enjoying a success, we don't always agree on things. And I, I'm trying to recall what we were talking about. And I think it had to do with documentation um, and it got pretty heated in terms of the vision of how we see the antelope documentation repo and how we see documentation in general for antelope uh, going forward and stuff. Um, and I think it's really important to, to highlight that, that, um, you know, things, um, things aren't always as, as smooth uh, all the time. And so I thought it was quite funny in a way uh, that the first meeting after we we finally have a brand and we, we come together under a new name we have is uh is is we shouldn't say contentious but it, it got heated because there are different viewpoints on on where to go and how to get there um but i also invite you to look at the way in which the conversation was held um was extremely respectful and i think it really goes to showcase the relationship that the people um representing the four chains have built over the last months um, is that there was definitely an openness and a, uh, uh, how can I say, like that there, it's, it's apparent that there's a relationship there that's been built where people feel comfortable in showcasing their opinions and being able to defend the positions that they have while also respecting the position and the openness of others in the context where we don't have delegated authority over one another, right? We really are completely four separate um, uh, chains here trying to represent what we believe is, uh, I, I, I guess, the, the priorities for our respective products. Um, and so all of it was done you know, really, really well, but it's, it's one of those things where uh, it's not always easy. And I invite you to watch the video for that because you, you'll, you'll be able to see how not everything is, is always that easy. And as much as we align on the majority of things, um, on some things we we don't necessarily, or we differ on how we would approach a particular thing. So it's not the ultimate goal that we differ on; it's the how to potentially approach that. Um, so really good. I think it was a really good discussion. It's great as well. Uh, one of the commitments that we made, and one of the values that we try to imbue with Antelope, is this sense of openness, um, which is being represented in the logo as well, and this sense of transparency and openness not just with current coalition members, but for future coalition members and continuing down the path of uh, recording these calls and making these calls public is very, very important uh, for community outreach, uh, for community involvement, and also for the general uh, accountability in the system as well, uh, because not everybody can be on all calls for obvious reasons. Not everybody can, we, we can't hold calls with, with thousands or hundreds of thousands of people if, if that's how many people are in our respective chains in total. Um, but we try to, as much as possible, include everybody within discussion. And so we have those you know, discussions openly and transparently. So uh, pretty good. I mean, I invite you to go watch the calls if, if you have a few hours to spare. Awesome. Thanks for that, that commentary and uh, kind of look behind the curtain. Although 
the curtain is always open for everyone to watch. On the curtain is always open. Yes, but we don't all have multiple hours to watch all of the <laughs> all of the content. There's just too much going on. Let's be real. Um, but I know Eve, you you keep up on on pretty much everything. Um, and yeah, so it's great to get your perspective uh, on that. And um, you didn't uh, mention anything about the uh, IBC contracts that were signed. Or... I didn't, uh, and I can. That's awesome. Um, so we signed the IBC faster finality contract yesterday. Uh, essentially, the three chains, or it's the four, because the the, the UX all, uh, UX team also had to sign as the essentially as those uh, issuing the contract, um, because it is it is a contract between the four chains. Or I guess the four entities representing the chains. And so that was signed yesterday. And uh, the project, which I guess had already started in, uh, in the background, in the sense that uh, UX has been working on this for quite some time, is now officially kickstarted. Um, so that's quite, quite the milestone. It's quite massive. Again, all the partners uh, agree on the direction. Everything is open. The milestones were agreed to. All the business requirements, the technical requirements, everything is milestone based, uh, and so there's accountability in the system. There's accountability um, to ensure that what we what we want is essentially what we what what will be delivered. And so ensuring that the RFP process was very strong, and that ultimately the agreement in place is very strong. Uh, we also ensured in the contract, as there was back and forth on this over the last couple uh, weeks in the coalition is that anything that we will deploy at the protocol level uh, in terms of code will always be MIT open source license uh, as much as possible. So any kind of open free license, but in this case for this one, uh, MIT, and it really goes to show again this idea that regardless of whether or not we live on or, or whoever is going to be the owner of the product or going to be maintaining the product, um, whoever those may be, that everything contained within uh, the software stack, the code itself is all open and free to use so that we don't leave um, others with potential, uh, I guess, uh, IP debt or maybe IP debt's not the right word, but any kind of, of potential liability down the line in terms of uh, intellectual property. So that, that was also quite monumental. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Great. Thanks for sharing. Uh, looking forward uh, to swapping my NFTs from Wax to EOS, um, which is just one of many, many use cases for IBC, of course. Uh, okay, yeah, someone in the chat asked here if the uh, PO apps are active. Yes, the POP tokens are active for today. You can go uh, in the PopBot chat and um, get your get your token for, for today's event. Next week, no, sorry week after that the raffle next week is the 31st and then the raffle is going to be on uh on the 7th of september um yeah daniel key is asking for some cross-chain pomelo donations with ibc yeah that'd be very cool to see um all right so that kind of uh, wraps up uh, all the topics on my list uh so at this point you know i would love to hear from you guys if if anyone has uh, updates from their project they want to share, a question for someone in the community, um, more questions from Shans, uh, who joined us today for the first time. Uh, yeah, now's the time. Now's the time to jump on the mic and uh, talk with the community. Uh, I had some quick thing to add. Hey, Steph, can you hear me? 
cool. Yeah, Martin, go um, for it. Yeah, uh, a little bit of housekeeping here, how we organize the chats. Um, I'm not sure if you guys talked about it earlier. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we added to the Discord the Starboard channel. Uh, and uh, any uh, any uh, com any emoji that we're putting on uh, here on the on the on the stream, any nice comment. Uh, once you comment on it with a star, uh, if it reaches the, the the a certain threshold, it will be displayed in the starboard channel, and that's kind of a way how we can uh, curate and highlight interesting comments or interesting articles uh, during the fireside chats for people to reread these things. So uh, during our conversation, I was like adding to some of the comments that we um, that we had in the chat some stars. If you guys agree, you can you can also click on the star, and you will see all these ones as the best comments of this chat in the Starboard channel. Uh, this this feature goes for all the other channels as well, the general chats. So anytime you want to highlight uh, a comment or uh, anything that's, that you think everybody else should see as a summary or as a curated digest of the best activity here, give it a star and, uh, you know, uh, it will be featured in Starboard channel. That's just something that uh, I like uh, in this channel. I'm not sure if everybody's aware of this, so I wanted to uh, talk about it again. Yeah, it's a good, uh, good reminder. Um, we did mention it a few weeks ago, uh, but um, hasn't picked up much traction so definitely a good idea to uh, remind people to star uh, the best comments that we want to see curated in that starboard awesome all right anyone else feel free to uh, jump in here we've got a uh, got another 15 20 minutes before we wrap up the show if we want I guess I'll add a reminder to all of you. I know you guys have many, uh, many of you guys have your own EOS community. If you're hosting events, you want some pop tokens for those events, reach out to us via the form that you can find on the blog post from today's uh, article, which I will share once more in the chat here. Hey everybody. I just wanted to shout out to EOS support. I was reading the weekly, um, I guess you call it leap release notes this week. And the final release, it, the summary from today's meeting noted how EOS support reached out to 140 exchanges and developers. And I just wanted to highlight that that is super tedious, especially the exchanges to, to even get them to acknowledge your email, that you're official, that, it, you know, to respond to you. And so, um, just kudos to everyone on the EOS support team for, for hustling like that. They are a tremendous asset to the network, and, and, and they're improving. Like When they first started, I thought, yeah, that's kind of a good thing to have. But the more I pay attention, it's just unbelievable how much they are just kind of have their hands in everything, and they're all over the place. It's really a fascinating asset that not many networks have. Yeah, I'll echo that. Go for it, Daniel. I was, I, we were, yeah, I'm, I'm helping to coordinate the upgrade to Leap. Uh, we were also involved in coordinating the upgrade to 1.8. What was that? Three years ago now. Uh, we didn't have an EO support back then. Now we do. Uh, having that extra function of EO support, helping to coordinate, being a single point of contact for all the questions, 
having that nice list of, of engaged exchanges and, and apps has been a huge asset uh, and super helpful for, our, for Upgrade. Get some cheers going for y'all support, for sure. All right, Shans, have a have a good evening uh, or day, whatever you are, and uh, thanks uh, thanks for joining us. See you next week. If, uh, if that's it for today, no one else uh, wants to jump on stage here, we're gonna wrap it up. So I'm gonna give you guys a last call to, uh, to share something. And if not, we'll wrap it up and do it again next week. Uh, I'm not sure if we touched on this cause I was muted for a little bit, but um, Zach, tomorrow is a very special day. Did you mention that day at all? Yeah, we want to hear it from you. Okay. Happy birthday to us uh, as a community. Tomorrow, uh, as the new EOS, we turn one year old. Um, so last year, uh, on August 4th, is when I uh, made the public release of intent of wanting to create a foundation with gen general guidelines of what role that would play. And on August 25th, uh, so exactly one year ago today, uh, we took the leap, no pun intended, and we got funded by the network and the, the, the EOS Network Foundation officially became uh, live and the rest is history. And I want to thank everybody here. Uh, I mean, every week I'm on this fireside chat or pretty much every week, I think I've skipped one or two. Um, and the number of people that we've had uh, is constantly you know, hovering around 50, 60 and such. It is pretty amazing to have you guys on this journey uh, with us. You guys really are the true uh, champions of all of this, giving us the, the, the courage, the force, the passion, the energy to be able to continue what we do. Uh, so this anniversary shout out and a happy birthday goes out to all of you guys and girls. Well done, Zach. Well done, Eve. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I should have had a happy birthday song, sound effect ready. I feel like I failed my DJ duties today. <laughs> um, but yeah, happy birthday. So uh, yeah, happy birthday to the new EOS. Uh, I think we're going to wrap it up there for today. Thanks again for, for joining us. Tune in next week. We'll do it all over again. Uh, so have a good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, wherever you are. And until next week, go EOS. Go EOS, guys. Go EOS. Go EOS. It's coming. Go EOS. Go, 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 go EOS. Thank you, guys. Well done.